So then it hits the decking and the decking becomes flammable and then the house becomes flammable. And then yep. before someone sees it, it's too late. Yeah. I mean, you get your, your lawn chairs out there or whatever. You get the siding, the decking, it just, it goes quick. I mean, our houses are very flammable. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Kevin Jordan of Burger Adjusters. He's a public adjuster. And we're going to hear all about what public adjusters do. And you may have heard him on episode number 82. You can get a recap there as well. Hey, Kevin, welcome back to the show, my man. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Second time caller. So for those who haven't heard episode 82 of Elements of Styles, what is a public adjuster? So a public adjuster is a uh, part of, it's a protection network for business and property owners. Uh, a big misunderstanding that insurance companies are going to come on out and just write you a big check. And so what we do is we, we look at the policy, review the damages and how they work along the policy that you have in place. And we help create leverage with the insurance company to maximize the settlement for, for the owner of that policy and make sure that they're made whole. But wait a second. So I have an uh, insurance agent. Isn't the agent out to work in my best interests? So the agent does have your interest. Uh, they are the ones that sell the policy. And I recommend everybody get an agent because then you can kind of bounce ideas off of them and make sure that you have the right coverages. Uh, we typically work with agents before a loss happens to make sure that you have the coverages needed in case you have a fire or a flood. And they just kind of they shop around for you to make sure you get the best deal. Best deal, coverages, no gaps in coverage, be proactive. They're the ones on the upfront. However, they're not the ones who get to decide who cuts the check and for how much. Correct. Yeah. The insurance company will send out either a company adjuster or an independent adjuster. Uh, it might be a third party person that they're hiring to come on out and evaluate the damages. And those people are the ones that are generally going to say whether or not they're going to cover it and for how much. And they're in the business of profiting, right? Yeah, they have a fiduciary responsibility to the insurance company where somebody like me has that responsibility to the policyholder and make sure that they recover. So the idea is, is the insurance carrier goes out and assesses what the damage is, and it's usually less than what the insured actually needs? Yep. Yep. So, uh. It's, it's a lot of these guys now, uh, younger people coming in and they're just not as experienced. Uh, so most recently, uh, I, I went to Guam and we have some adjusters out there that are coming from other countries and they don't even know how the U S law works when it comes to insurance policies. So what we have to do is at that point, kind of hold their hand, guide them through not only the damages of the, the claim, but also the damages and how they work with the U.S. law and the policy in place. Because Guam is a U.S. territory. Yes. Yeah. There's a bunch of islands out there that uh, I, I didn't even know existed until I got out there. <laughs> That's interesting. So so what happened in Guam? 
Uh, so there was a hurricane or, or typhoon is what they call it over in that part of the, the world. And it was category five wiped out a majority of the island. And uh, we headed over there because we have a, a client that does the military bases and we wanted to check on them out there. And due to the bases on island, there's no real uh, photo imagery of, of what's going on or satellite imagery. I'm sorry. Uh, to show the damage so we really had to get boots on the ground to to assess what the damages were and uh, i'm glad that we did because they, they really needed our help out there that's a pretty good client to have i would imagine oh yeah uh unfortunately the military base they didn't have insurance they self-funded themselves and they're in the process of updating and building but uh the connections that we had got us into some hotel work and some other really interesting properties out there so tell us about that. So there's there's Guam, there's hotel work that you pick up out there. There's it, you're getting involved when it's a catastrophe, correct? Uh, unfortunately, on these ones, yes. Uh, I mean, we help people, business owners, whether you know, hundred fifty thousand dollar claim locally or or big events like that. Where I mean, I think we wrote forty million on one claim, and it's probably going to go up from there because wow. we haven't even opened the whole property up yet. So how does that work? So let's to call a home, let's call it a homeowner. There's a, there's a fire and they know you, they heard you on the podcast and they say, I want to work with Kevin Jordan because he's a fair and honorable adjuster and we have a total loss. What is step one, two, three, four, five on working with a public adjuster? Step one would be call somebody, at least get, get, get a, a review of your policy. Um, Total loss doesn't mean that the insurance company is going to necessarily pay total loss. You still have to prove what you had in place. They don't just look at it and say, hey, uh, building's no longer there. We're just going to write you a check for a million dollars. You still have to substantiate your claim. And along with the building, there's going to be content for, for residential property. It's going to be personal property. Uh, and you're going to have to make a list of what was there and try and remember it. Uh, We'll, we'll look at pictures, we'll go through videos, we'll go through your memory of what you had to write this all down, but you really have to substantiate your claim and, and create that leverage for the insurance company. So step one is actually prior to the catastrophe, being proactive and inventorying and being uh, aware of what your contents are and what your coverages are and that there's no gaps. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. Uh, what I was doing for a little while on the side uh, is what's called a Matterport. And I would go into people's properties or businesses and really scan it beforehand. So that way there was a, a photo imagery of the entire property. So it really, it showed the content roughly. I'm not going to make a detailed list of it, but then it would also show the condition of the property at that time. So if anything happened, you just pick up the phone and say, Hey, Kevin, you know, we did that photo imagery thing you have. We went over my policy. Well, I need you. Interesting. And it's timestamped. So it's, it's relatively reliable. Um, that that's really interesting. So that's kind of day zero. That's prior to the catastrophe. What's step one, once you walk home and your house is everyone's safe and healthy, however, your house is in ashes. Yeah. Step one still alive. Give me, give me a call. Um, I'd like to at least review what you have going on. Uh, if it's pretty straightforward, I'm not going to take something from you. I'm I'm going to help you on the side. I mean, you, you need me for the money you can't get, not the money you can. And uh, and we pride ourselves in making sure that people get made whole. So 
I've turned down many claims this year just because they really didn't, didn't need me. Uh, I made a simple phone call, helped the people get on track for what they needed and, and got them paid properly. So the carrier oftentimes does the right thing. Uh, they can. I mean, if it's a straightforward claim, like my neighbor's house next door, um, he had a bunch of shingles blow off on that December 18th storm. Uh, I really don't need to get involved on a $30,000 roof job. So I just called the adjuster and you know said, hey, I'll get involved if you want me to, but this is pretty straightforward. You need to step it up and actually get out here to inspect this claim. And they called him back two minutes later and they showed up three days later after that. That's really interesting. So sometimes the threat of bringing in the hired gun is enough to get it done. And that's admirable that you'll help folks with that. So let's say it's, it's beyond that. It's okay. So let's call your agent. Let's get an adjuster out there. And then they quote unquote lowball yep. the need for the capital expenditures. And that is probably one of the, the biggest things that we usually see everybody. They want to give the insurance company the benefit of the doubt. And uh, they'll tell us, you know, look, let me have the adjuster come out. Let me see what he says. And typically I'll, I'll walk them through exactly what's going to happen. And uh, I'll tell them, look, if I'm wrong, let me know. And, you know, uh, I'll eat crow for it. But this is typically what I'm going to see with this kind of loss, with this kind of adjuster and what's going to happen. And probably nine times out of 10, I get that phone call. Hey, you know what? It started out exactly how you said it was going to start out. And I just couldn't believe it. And can you come help me? So at that point, we'll come on out, we'll assess the damages, we'll get the adjuster to come back out and, and do a, a walkthrough all over again, a reinspection, and make sure that they're on track for what they need to be on. Does that sometimes work? You say, hey, uh, we, need a, we need a do-over here. Uh, come on back and maybe do you walk it with them at the same time or are you giving them your intel? So, uh, what we'll do on something like that is we'll put our estimate together first mm-hmm. and then we'll have them come on out. So when they show up, uh, so like this Guam one, I was just talking about, uh, the adjuster showed up, we handed them 1,708 pages of an estimate in a, then three binders and said, uh, here's our estimate. Let's go line by line. Start walking the property. And the guy's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, hey, you, you said this didn't even meet the deductible. I just wrote $40 million on this claim here. So there's, there's a big difference here. Let's actually, let's talk damage and see what's going on. Wow. So what happens next when they receive that and they didn't expect that? And now, I mean, obviously they don't simply concede and say, okay, you're right. You win. No, there's always back and forth. I mean, they're going to, so the independent that they hire, they might bring out a consultant. Uh, I might bring out a hygienist. Um, they'll go through everything. They'll negotiate, come back to us. Typically, we see them try and cut it down in half right away. And and then at that point, we just battle over the, the numbers after that and try and squeeze it as much as we can. But um, And there are consumer protections against the insurance company being unfair and unreasonable, right? Correct. Yeah, they can go into a bad faith claim. And if you have to go that route, uh, they do take a while. They can take many years. Um, but you can, you'll have to sue the insurance companies potentially. Uh, they can get triple damages. There's, there's all sorts of fines that they can face. Uh, there's less intrusive and extensive parts. You can go to arbitration. You can go to a reference, get a board, and have people come on in that way. 
so there's other options that we can use and those tools that we need to, to really push leverage on these companies. And you can guide these people the same way as, okay, this is what the agent's going to say. This is what they're going to do. And then they're going to do this. And then they're not going to do this. And then they're not going to do this. And then you're going to call me. And now it's, you can do this. You can accept this. You can move forward with that. Or you could get a lawyer and file a lawsuit. And here are your options. Yeah. And here's what I would recommend. Yeah, at times, I mean, we get phone calls where people waited a year and it got to the point where the insurance company is just, just not budging. And the only thing that we can do at that point is write an estimate and have an attorney get involved. Um, so tell me, yeah. how, tell me what happens when there's multiple insurance carriers and they're pointing fingers at one another. So wind or storm, right? So Florida, for example, there's, there's, there's a line right now of, you know, whose fault is it? Is it the, is it the flood or is it the winds? Right? Yeah. So you have concurrent causation and what that is, is exactly what you're saying. There's two events that happened at the exact same time. So you had in Florida, when we were down there, uh, you had flooding on a majority of, so we were on Sanibel. Uh, so that's where a lot of our work was. And they had, you know, 10 feet of water up, but then they had those hurricane winds ripping roofs off of properties. And then you had top down water. So what we would do on that is we would have to go on out, see what that, that flood chart was and how high that water came up. And then basically anything from that point down will be on the flood claim. And we really have to break out what is what, and then everything above that line would be on the wind. And, you know, we might have to meet with both adjusters at the same time so that way they can discuss it with us and see where that line really is. Interesting. So is that, does that become a waiting game as they posture with their attorneys and what happens to the consumer during that process? Yeah. I mean, insurance is all a big waiting game. It's, it's their money. I mean, they don't need it right now. You do. So to them, they're living comfortable. So they, they don't mind waiting and reviewing and reviewing again and again. So, I mean, at that point, we just got to keep hammering them down and push them to a deadline and, uh, make sure that they stick to that. If they don't, then, uh, I mean, I've called the, the CEO of some of these insurance companies, uh, on his cell phone and said, Hey, look, I know you're uh, not really dealing with this kind of level of thing, but our clients really need to get paid and you're looking at a bad faith claim here. You really don't want to deal with that. And, uh, we, we get more responses out of that than, than anything. So what would make somebody call you all, or what's the differentiator with burger adjusters and Kevin Jordan versus the next guy down the road? So, I mean, my company travels around the whole country and, and we're in the Virgin Islands or so obviously Guam, uh, we were in Puerto Rico. We've seen claims that, uh, a lot of people don't get to experience. Uh, we've seen adjusters, uh, from all around the world, uh, deal with claims. So we have a really good understanding on what we're going to come up against. And, uh, a lot of adjusters that I've seen, they don't necessarily create what we use as leverage. Uh, they're going to come on out. They're going to write an estimate. They're going to take a bunch of pictures for you. And then they have a relationship with the adjusters that they work around and they're buddies. They go to the bar and drinking. So yeah, they're going to get it done for you quick, but they're not going to get you a good number. They're going to get something that 
they can burn and turn get to the next one where I don't mind fighting with an adjuster. I want to make sure that I take care of you and get you paid properly. It might take a little bit longer, but you're going to get the money that you actually need to do the repairs. I love that. So, so a lot of the listenership here on Elements of Styles is, is New England regionally based. What are you seeing as the, oh, if I only knew scenario uh, that you can share with people to uh, like, what, what are some of the, the causes for these catastrophic losses and what can we do proactively to avoid some of those? Well, New England, we're pretty safe when it comes to catastrophic overall. Uh, I mean, it's been knock on wood. I mean, what is it? 30 something years since we've had a real hurricane. Um, Snowstorms, I mean, I don't think I've seen more than an inch of snow at my house this year. I don't know about you. Uh, So weather's been been pretty good. Um, But if we do start to get back into stuff like that, I mean, this time of year is when most of the work happens and it's fires and pipe breaks. it just really, it's, it's don't use alternate heat sources that aren't approved. Make sure that you're not smoking inside the house or, or near it. And so um, is that a big cause of fire still? This is smoking in the house, like falling asleep with a cigarette in your hand. Uh, it's more people putting it out on a deck. They're outside smoking now and they put it in an ashtray, but the ashtray hasn't been emptied in a year and it's overflowing and you know, everybody's outside hanging out. They're throwing their trash in their paper clips or whatever. Like, uh, whatever they have and it just catches on fire. Um, and then, I mean, it smolders for a while. You can go to work. You don't know that the paper that people were throwing in there or the trash is, is slowly smoldering and then it becomes a huge problem. So then it hits the decking and the decking becomes flammable and then the house becomes flammable. And then yep. before someone sees it, it's too late. Yeah. I mean, you get your, your lawn chairs out there or whatever. You get the siding, the decking, it just, it goes quick. I mean, our houses are very flammable. That's interesting. And what about the piping? What, what is the major cause of that? Is it when people are away for a long period of time or? So it's, uh, it's a multitude of things that we've been seeing. Um, it's oh, this time of year, a lot of people go south. So they, they keep the heat on 55. They have automatic deliveries. And, you know, we've had some storms where power went out and nobody was there. So uh, it's better to to just winterize the property and drain all the pipes. Um, the the copper piping it's all you know thirty years old now, and and leaks do happen, and you get pinholes in them. Uh, I mean, we've been very fortunate around this area where we haven't had that real real cold. Uh, I think what in a week or two we're supposed to get another cold snap. So. We'll have some pipe breaks, but it depends on the, the is it going to be windy along with cold? Is it going to be snowy and rainy? Are we going to lose power? I mean, really, a lot of it happens when the power goes out, it's really cold, and you get a nice breeze. Uh, and then that cold air just it finds a way to to get to those pipes. And cause a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah. I mean, it, I believe you had a pipe break. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, really interesting. And the reason I wanted to bring you back on is because I thought our conversation was so great last time. And I think that there are, are very few people that know that your industry actually exists and that there is this industry to help support that consumer or that 
property owner in a, in a, in a time of need. And simply for administrative purposes alone, it, you can get, you can get crushed by the paper. So, you know, I encourage folks, uh, Kevin's a great guy. Obviously you heard him help me with a, with a, um, investment property that I had. We, water is super interesting because it's, um, it's really hard to follow. Right. I mean, we had to back out. Yep. It was a, it was a break outside of the house. It was a, a, a main coming in from the street, uh, into the house. And, and by the time we figured it out, you know, it's rip up everything because we've got to make sure people are safe and, you know, and then it's relocation and there's a whole lot. And to have that advocate, that agent, that, that, uh, success Sherpa, if you will, is, is always really, really nice to, uh, and comforting to have. So. Thank you for that. But also folks to, to remember like this, this exists. So when you're thinking about your friend or neighbor or family member and something happens, you know, help, help them become aware of this. So I appreciate you, uh, coming and, and chatting again and sharing, sharing what you do for, for those folks. Um, podcasts, great way for a lot of people to, uh, digest information, consume and and get knowledgeable about stuff. So hopefully people are listening. What, uh, what else are you listening to, uh, out there in your world being a podcast guest? You're obviously a podcast, uh, consumer as well. So what are you, what are you listening to these days? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I definitely listen to your episodes all the time. I, I love hearing the people on here and I've actually, uh, I've, I've made some friends off of your podcasts. Um, I've actually done some work for some of the people that have been on here and, uh, I actually I got brought into a networking group by an individual that was listening to your podcast, heard what I did and really wanted me to to help explain to other people what it was that I do. And, uh, and it's been your podcast alone has been a blessing. And I did not pay him to say that folks. Uh, so much appreciated. It's, it's what it's for I, folks. Many times I've had guests, I've introduced them. I said, Kevin, meet John. You both have something in common. You both have been guests on this, on a podcast and it, it has created a network and that's been a lot of fun, which we'll talk about, uh, in a second about how we want to bring those folks together. But what, what else are you listening to other than elements of styles? Again, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I get into my, uh, my Ben Shapiro, my Jordan yeah. Peterson, um, yeah. and then, uh, honestly, between those, you, uh, some Ted talks and I listen to a lot of ebooks. Um, yeah. I've been really trying to educate myself and to learn more. Uh, I love, I love always learning and growing. So I love it. I love the, uh, audible listener, uh, crew here too, because, you know, a lot of people, they didn't have podcasts when we were growing up. So we were forced to read. I don't like reading. Yeah. I like absorbing information. I don't like reading. I certainly love, love, love listening to it. So I love that. Do you listen to any trade type stuff like in audible or in the books or anything or, or on pot? Is there any trade podcasts? Maybe, maybe start a public adjuster podcast. There's a couple of them that I just saw popped up. Um, I think Napia just started a podcast, mm -hmm. which is the public adjusters group in this area. Uh, I'm going to hear what they have to do, but, uh, there's really not much like you were saying earlier, uh, Nobody really knows about public adjusters. None of us really have uh, devoted time into educating people and getting the word out there. So uh, I think uh, maybe a future podcast about public adjusters could be really beneficial. Well, I know people who would love to help you. So when you're ready, let me know. I think you'd be great. 
definitely get on, get on, get guesting on some of those episodes, some of those uh, podcasts, um, you know, with your local, because you're very good. You're very good at this. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. So let me ask you that. Let's get back to business real quick. Um, someone calls you, you know, they've heard it on the podcast. They had a unfortunate situation and, you know, there's 20 other people that are, you know, seeking their business. However, they know I'm, I'm going to call Kevin because I, I trust him. I heard him. I, I, I already like him. And they call you and they work with you and things work out splendidly. And they get down and they say, you know what? I want to write a testimony. I want to put a Google review together. W what does that sound like? Um, and what's going to sound like is, you know, either the whole claim process, we, we watched from the sidelines and we could see how difficult it would have been to handle ourselves. And we couldn't have been more happy than to have Kevin and his team support us and, and get every dollar that we were owed on this claim and, uh, and make us whole. It really made us, uh, appreciate what he did and, um, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much where I, I think there's some new ones out there now that are pretty much along those lines. <laughs> Good. So folks that heard this and have worked with him, jump on that Google machine. It's helped. That's it. That social credit is really important to, you know, endorse and to five star and, and all that stuff. How would people get in touch with you if they need to? When so, they need uh, to. The best way to get a hold of me is you can hit me up on my cell phone anytime. Um, seven, seven, four, two, six, six zero five two four uh direct line i always pick up and if i don't i'll shoot you a text that says i'm on a call and uh i'll get back to you as soon as i'm off to that so and folks thomas is uh is going to put that in the show notes so if you are walking your dog or you're doing the dishes or you're in traffic you know you can always come back to it it's like a business card and and if you know somebody who needs that please forward this episode to them, uh, so they can, they can do their own, their own research. So I'm not going to let you go without the, the question that I ask every single time, you know, you talked about our network that's gr growing here. There's some like-minded professionals who work well together, who have been on this, this podcast. And the goal is to get everybody together. And, and at the center of it all is karaoke. I don't remember what you said in number 82, and it doesn't matter if it's still the same. Now you're up on stage though. What are you singing? So it's funny. Uh, you asked this question back in 2022 and I told you I hated karaoke. Okay. I really didn't want to do any of it. Well, the funny story is uh, when I was in Guam, uh, karaoke is part of their life. Oh, um, I love it. I'm going to Guam. So I was probably in a karaoke bar two or three days a week. Really? And, uh, Sweet Caroline was a winner every time because <laughs> you know, people from all around the world where I was and everybody knew it and got up and started singing together. Uh, it was fan favorite. That warms my heart. I, on so many levels, that is so awesome. So, so if I were to go back to episode 82, did I say, well, I'm putting a gun against your head. What are you singing? What are you going to sing? What are you going to sing? It was that. You it did. Was, <laughs> it was that much res resisted. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're there twice a week. T tell me about that environment. I've been, you know, obviously Japan, it's a huge part of their culture. I didn't realize it was in Guam. 
it, it's almost some in some places where I'm going to go home. I'm not going to stop at the bar and have a drink. I'm going to stop at the karaoke and rip out, rip out a tune. Like, what is that community like? Oh yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean, uh, I want to say that every other bar had some kind of version of a karaoke, uh, machine. Cool. Uh, one of the ones that we would frequent actually had booths and you could rent out like your own little room yeah. to do karaoke. Um, and I mean, in Guam, you have Koreans, Japanese, you've got Chinese, you've got, uh, all the military guys from all over the States. So you just got a real wide culture. You had, uh, Philippines, they're right there. So those guys were all coming up and, uh, it was really something to watch. Like I've done karaoke here, just popped in and listened here and there, but I've never seen anything like it. Oh, I love it. I love, love, love that. That sounds There's like so much fun. Too. So was and, everybody, uh, so was everyone fully supportive of each other? Oh yeah. I mean, the one that we went to all the time, uh, the room was packed. Like it was like a nightclub. Everybody wow. was in there jumping up and down, singing and dancing. And it was just random people hopping up on stage. And singing the hearts out. I love it. So <laughs> fun. Well, I'm glad you were able to get outside your comfort zone and do it. And uh, and what a great choice that is because uh, that's an international favorite. And it's certainly basically it stamps where you're from too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was cool because you can really tell. I mean, obviously people are going to know the main songs, but then they start singing some of their stuff from home. And uh, it really... You get to see a lot of culture pop up. I love it. it. I love it. Well, it was uh, it was tough pinning you down and getting you back uh, on the podcast, uh, but it was well worth it, my man. I'm I'm really excited that we got a time to chat, and uh, really appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, having me back, and uh, look forward to maybe doing it again some other time. I got plenty of stories now. <laughs> I love it. I love it, folks. This has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you listen to this and thought, hmm, I need to send this to somebody, don't think any longer. Send it to them. Share it. Share it with everyone if you want to. I'm sure Kevin would appreciate that. And think of him when you're thinking of public adjusters, now that you're aware of what a public adjuster is. Thanks again, folks, and we will chat with you soon. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This episode is brought to you in part by Securitidal. Securitidal is a fractional paralegal service assisting with all things real estate in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Securitidal.com, where security and title come together. S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com. Securitidal. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action 
on the matters or products discussed herein.